Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Venture Property Podcast, and thank you very much for listening. Today, as always, we are sponsored by Land Insight, which is the ultimate tool for people to find all the deals that they are looking for and that they need. Something that I use on an almost daily basis to find land and work through my comps and do my due diligence and all that kind of stuff. So if you're not sponsored to this podcast or the YouTube channel, let me ask you why the hell not? Do you not like property deals? Because that's pretty much all we talk about. We get fantastic people on the show to talk about property deals. And today is absolutely no exception. We've got somebody with so much experience who is still so humble to talk about an incredible property deal. So Richard Little is on the show today. How are you doing today, buddy? I'm doing great, Ryan. It's uh, good to talk to you at last. I know it's yeah. taken a while to get this together. I know. I'm a persistent little bugger, though. I just keep firing <laughs> messages. I grew up a ginger kid, so I'm going to have tough skin. Um, so for the people that don't know you, why don't you just give a brief synopsis about you and, and who you are? Okay. So I've, I'm second-generation developer. Uh, father started a business in the late 50s. We completed, we don't know how many, but it's in excess of 3,000 units, either in our own right or with partners. Um, and and uh, over that period, so I'm, I'm in my 44th year or something now. Uh, and I'm, I'm sort of, those people that don't know me, uh, uh, my reputation for those, amongst those that do is uh, I'm, I'm the spoiler of deals. Um, so if you bring your deal to our table, I will find a reason why you shouldn't do it. Now, that doesn't mean to say you don't do it. It means we will find the reason that you should consider why you might not do it. Um, so I've got a, I, I worked hard to get a reputation, uh, to be fair. Um, and, I'm, yeah, sometimes I'm just the miserable old devil that they wheel out from time to time to uh, sort of bring people down to earth uh, uh, from, you know, when they need it, I think. I love that because I always think that you should find reasons not to do something. There's so many reasons in property to just jump in and et cetera, et cetera. But when you actually start looking at proper reasons not to do something, that's where you unearth some gold. And it's usually the experienced heads that give you those reasons, um, which I, I really like. So we've got you on to talk about your favorite deal and you've been one of the most prepared guests i must admit you were uh, before chatting before we hit record you had three deals uh, and we picked one so why don't you you tell us about your favorite deal with sort of how you found it okay well i'll give you the credit for picking it ryan because you picked the one out of the three so you know um it's it, it probably is to be fair it probably i've got three favorite deals and, and they're all for different reasons but it probably is my most favorite um it's not quite the biggest financial loss that we ever had but almost up there um but it, it sort of almost wiped us out in in in, in many other ways uh, so um going back to the 80s so it's quite a while ago <laughs> uh, we we purchased um a 26 room uh, mansion, I guess uh, you you would uh, you would say most people would describe it as. Um, after a search up and down the country uh, with an architect that I used to do some work with, uh, I was looking to get out of the family business because I was fed up. Yep. Uh, we were building lots of boxes and making lots of money, and and I just had enough. Thought, okay, got a big enough pot, let me go off and find myself or whatever. Um, so we looked in places up in Yorkshire or all the way down, down, down south and settled in Shropshire, which at the time was um, uh, quite a sleepy county. 
Um, it still is to a certain extent. Still have uh, half-day closing and all that sort of stuff, mm-hmm. uh, and which is one of the reasons we probably love it and still live here. Uh, we found this gem of a property, say 26 rooms over three floors, magnificent-looking property, quite a prominent position. And um, bearing in mind up to this point, the vast majority of our experience was new build. Mm. So I fancied a challenge. <laughs> and, uh, and, and my architect got so excited about it, I, I think he nearly wet his pants, but um, it was just like it was his dream project. So any of you that have had much to do with architects, uh, yeah, that's one of the lessons I'll get to later. Don't let them get carried away. Um, so, yes, yeah, so didn't have any planning. You know, uh, but we negotiated a reasonable deal. Unfortunately, it was a couple that was splitting up. And uh, there's all sorts of stories, backstories behind all of these sort of things. Anyway, uh, we brought it, brought it for cash. Um, we've been fortunate enough to sell all the units. Um, this is, this is, the timing on this is quite important because it's, it's, it's 1988. So it's going back a while. That's the year I was born. Okay, well, so it's it's pertinent then. It was also the year friendly. My son was born. Wow! And um, so that was one of the reasons he was he, he was he still is the youngest, uh, and um, it was time to sort of yeah get get a better life for the kids, I suppose. And uh, so this ho- this house was going to be our home for a while uh, mm-hmm. until such time as we took the two years or whatever it might be to get the plan in and that that we wanted to make it into a project. So for a while, we lived as uh, Lord and Lady of the Manor. Uh, not in my mind, but in, in, in my ex-wife's mind, possibly. Ex-wife, ex being the thing. Uh, and, and also the locals. We living in a big house. And we were quite ordinary people, as I still hope I am, uh, to live in the big house. But we had some of the trappings. We got horses and various things like that. So to some people, we'd made it. For me, it's a project. Every, mm. Everywhere I live is a project. Uh, and um, so uh, we moved down there. It wasn't without its, uh, um, wasn't without its lessons. So it, perhaps that's a, a, a good start of a lesson is um, we, packed up, we packed up at one house that we managed to sell um, and we didn't need the money, so we had, we, we had plenty of time. Anyway, trundled all the way from Cambridgeshire to Shropshire uh, in a convoy only to get to the house because uh, by this, we didn't have mobile phones then. So this is, you know, going back. Oh, that's not true. We just about had mobile phones. They were as big as a van. But anyway, <laughs> um, we, we, we trundled down there, got there, knocked on the door, and Shirley, the lady selling it, said, uh, my lawyers have, dis- uh, have advised me not to sign. Okay, so these days you probably wouldn't go very far until such time as, as, as it's all gone through. But even still these days, people pack up their home and sit outside waiting for all the stuff to happen. So a lesson here is if it's your home, you know, don't always expect it to go smoothly. So we were in Shropshire. Uh, Brim was seven weeks old. So not, not, too, not too old. And he's got two older sisters. And, um, and this is November. So it's, you know, it's getting, getting chilly, October, November, yeah. and we've got nowhere to live. <laughs> like nowhere to live, you know, because, oh, didn't, no point getting cross or anything. Shirley's quite, you know, she's been advised, fair play. We went in, we had coffee. Um, so she agreed that we would um, unload all the furniture in one of the rooms. It's 26 rooms, so there's plenty of rooms. So we then unloaded all of our furniture and put it in her house. I'm not yeah. sure if that was the brightest thing to do. But we've got to put it somewhere. 
Um, so we, we managed to do that. And, and between us, she knew a lot of local people. So we rented a house for six months because mm-hmm. that's how long it took <laughs> to sort it out. Uh, anyway, so that was, a, that was a bit of a start. Probably should have told us this isn't going to go smoothly. So we got to the point um, where we'd started the planning process prior to actually owning the property. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, we had a heap of cash that we would do to pay for the property, which we invested and was getting, you know, quite good, uh, quite a good return at the time. And um, anyway, started the planning process. What did you know? We we went for high end flats apartments as we call them now they were quite unusual but you know going back sort of 30 years and um, but we went for them because a they were quite unusual and, and, and b we could get quite a lot in there was a plan to put a wing on each side of the of the property uh, we knew we'd get turned down for planning uh, because uh, we tried to dialogue with the local planners as we still do these days and as we still do these days don't always get a lot of traction but we still try because when you can do it, it's worth it. Um, so, uh, so we went to appeal, and at the time, um, yeah, the, the, the appeal, it was touch, touch and go whether we'd get it or not, uh, but we weren't that bothered because we'd got backup, backup plans to go in. So even now, we do a lot of land stuff now, and we have multiple applications in on sites and, uh, and stuff. So we've always been prepared to invest more than a lot of people on the application and the planning process. Um, however, um, recession happened, so financial events overtook us. And we, we, we'd started doing work on the property, so we'd moved in, started doing work on the property, renovated it, um, all the exile outside, repointed it, big property, re-roofed it, etc. And uh, then the, re- the appeal, appeal result come through, and uh, that was a no. That's okay, not a problem. Let's crack on with the next bit. Um, and we'd run out of all of our cash at that point. So this is all cash. So quite a lot of cash, you know, mm. hundreds of thousands uh, gone into this. And say it's, it's 30 years ago, 31 years ago. Uh, and what then happened was we started borrowing from the banks. All of our borrowing, pretty much all of our borrowing ever, has been through high street banks. Hmm. Even now, they're still the best rates. Yes, it's more limiting for people that are perhaps starting out and got the experience, but they're still the best rates. But from that point since, we've had a, a higher distrust of the banks than than than, than is healthy, possibly. Um, so effectively, they took us under, and we didn't go bankrupt. Um, but we ended up with a high court judgment against us or against me personally, for 346000 which was a lot less than the, the money we'd put in and a lot less than they supplied, but the, the, the fees went up and, and everything else. So the, the, the result of that, we never finished the project. We didn't even put the next planning application in, of which we would have got. Uh, anyway, that's by the by. So we lost our home and we had a high court judgment set against us which anybody's had a county court judgment against them, a high court judgment is easy compared to a county court judgment. So anybody out there listening and watching, if you've got a CCJ against you or had one, it's, it's challenging. If you've got a high court judgment against you, at that time, not a problem, amazingly. And the, 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 there used to be uh, an adage that were put out by financial people, if you're going to go down, go down big. Yeah. And that still applies. 
So there's a cautionary note there for people, you know. Uh, people that are scaling very, very quickly uh, are likely to topple very, very quickly if things turn against them. But actually, it's part of the planning for some of them because financially they're quite astute. If I'm going to borrow a million and it comes off, I might make half a million. But if I, if I borrow 20 million and it comes off, I'm going to make 10 million. So some of the guys that are out there doing stuff, they, they know how risky it is. I'm not going to tell you, obviously, but they know how risky it is. If it comes off, it's great. If it doesn't, doesn't matter. You end up in the same place. You either owe a million or you owe 10. Same result. But anyway, um, so... You know that 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 that's the you know that's the story of the property, and um, so I don't know what you want to uh, want me to add to that, Ryan. Wow, that's a that's amazing. Um, wow. So yeah. So one thing that I've wrote down here is that you're you're quite happy to invest more than others during planning. So do you, so you put in multiple planning applications. How how come that is? Okay, so typically a lot of stuff we're doing at the moment is land, land acquisition. We're in the acquisition phase, uh, as, as should everybody be, but that's, uh, that's obviously up to uh, personal, personal choice, I suppose. Um, but uh, where, where we see lots of planning applications, so we look at a lot of planning applications that um, get turned down, um, planning applications that get approved but don't get built out, and, and particularly the ones that get turned down, either either through planning process, local planning uh, process, or um, through PINs, so the the, the planning inspector. Uh, and one of the most common things we see, I mean, some of them you're never going to get planning for because they were ridiculous in the first place. But mm. the other ones, they, they don't invest enough in the process. So if you talk to planners, and we we've got a couple of good relationships in, well, some good relationships in a couple of planning authorities, and their, their, their stance is, you've got to give me every reason to say yes. Yeah. Right? So, um, and, and, and that generally means investing in things that somebody like me would rather not invest in because we don't see it's necessary. Um, so some of the environmental stuff, for instance, transport, highways, reports and statements, uh, things like that, things that back up your planning application. Mm. Um, so any, anything that from a policy point of view um, may have local problems, local objections, and stuff that isn't in policy but people don't like. Um, you know, so we we will typically look within a local authority, see what their track record is in terms of how they determine other applications, what's what what they don't like, and that. So that's at two levels: one at the development control, which is the planning officers, uh, and the second one is at the committee. You know, the the the, the, the amateur planners, if you like, that sit on the committee and and, and, and take their votes. So because that's really important to us, because whilst we may well be able to um, comply with national policy, mm. which is great. We, we, we want to do that. It's the local objections that are sometimes the frustrating ones. Mm. The, mm. the national policy is important to um, uh, comply with because that means that if we end up going to appeal, and we always expect to go to appeal, mm. always, we often don't, but we always expect to because that is the stuff that we will then get it through on appeal more often than not because we're complying with national policy. Mm. Um, so in terms of spending more money, yeah, so we'll, at the minute we say doing a lot of land stuff. So 
typically the cost of, of, of taking um, an application through, and we do multi-unit uh, um, sites rather than singles, so it'll go up on singles, is anywhere from 1,500 quid uh, a unit to maybe three and a half thousand. We've got one at the moment that's around about 6,000, I think it is approaching now, and that's 20 units. So we're in 120 grand on that. Mm. Um, but we're, 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 we're very shortly going to get the result on that one, so that's that's okay. Mm. Um, that one also has had four applications on it. So the multiple applications are to either back up something you've already got mm. or to increase something that you've already got or to put pressure on either the local authority, the planners, or mm. the committee. So the one that's got four applications or had four applications, and it's had an inquiry as well. That's, mm. We've had the whole, the whole suite on that one. Um, and um, which, just as a matter of probably interest or not to some people, we lost the, we lost the uh, inquiry, and that's exactly what we wanted. <laughs> Because the following the following application that's sitting behind it comes into play then, yeah. um, and that's the one that will it's not quite approved yet, but that will be approved hundred percent, ninety nine point nine percent, barring you know disaster, uh, world disaster or something uh, in in the next couple of weeks or so. Um, so I mean, anybody listening or watching, that probably sounds quite complicated, but. That's what we're saying about investing in the planning part of the process. Because, like yourself, who's, who's had some dealings with the planners, most people find it frustrating. Um, we still find it frustrating, but I now get frustrated by people who find it frustrating mm. because generally you're not doing your own work. You, your your expectation is wrong. That's why you get frustrated. Expect yes. to be take longer than it is. Doesn't yes. mean to say you just let it go. We push all the time. So mm. we've got. Uh, we had an application in latter part of last year uh, just for, for four units. Uh, and uh, our guys are phoning them every day, every day. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I wish we didn't have to do that because yeah. it's not you – know, we've got other things to do, but actually still good use of time because it gets the results. Yeah. You know, and so invest in the time and the money. So, you know, lots of people won't invest – 1500 quid or three and a half thousand pounds per unit um because they consider it oh don't need to do that so what they actually end up doing is allowing the local authority to say no because their mm. default setting is no not yeah. yes it's no yeah, <laughs> yeah. um so you know uh, so a big part of what we do is is, is strategizing the whole planning you know, and we've got, you know, so we've got planning team, internal, we have external, we'll use external uh, planning consultants. We have the, the, the project with four planning applications has had three planning consultants working on it at the same time. That's a proper team. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, um, that is unusual, I have to say, and, yeah. and, and, and if we never do another one of them, that's great. <laughs> but we're always prepared to do another one of them because there's so much money at stake. Yeah. And everything we do, the, 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 the uh, project that we spoke about, and the, the, the name of the property is Fellhampton Court, which may or may not mean anything to some people, um, but didn't do enough homework on that. Mm. You know, so, uh, and, and yeah, used consultants, but not enough consultants. And when it wasn't going right, wasn't prepared to kick the consultants into touch and start again. Mm. Yeah, it, it's easy to look back at something like that 
and, and, and in fairness, we probably were unlucky in, in respect of the market. Where we sit at the moment, we know there's a lot of people that are sitting, you know, I can imagine what they're thinking. They're thinking, why us? Why now? Because the market's gone and we've got units that aren't finished, can't sell. And that's a horrible, horrible place to be. Um, and you know, I've been there. I've been there more than once, to be fair. And that's horrible. Um, however, when I look back, and if I'm being honest with myself, it's not the economy's fault. And in that case, uh, it wasn't the politician's fault, Margaret Thatcher, just like now isn't the politician's fault, but it's an easy target. Let's blame, I don't know, Brexit or whatever else. It's our fault because we haven't really done the what ifs. Mm. So coming back to what we say about um, I always find a no, I always find the what ifs. Mm. Yeah. So it's the what ifs. And, and, and that doesn't mean that we won't do it. It means if we do it, we feel comfortable about it and we understand what the risk is. So calculated risk, mm. you know. I think developers are often seen as to the outside world as gamblers, you know. And we are, let's be honest, we are. But, you know, we're not, you know, we're, we're, not, chari- we're not a charity as such. We're not just donating that money. Every, every pound, uh, w- w- you know, wherever that money comes from, whether it's our own money, family money, or, you know, a few investors, etc. Etc. You know, we we want to look after that money. We want to get full value. <clears throat> so it is about uh, risk management, I guess. Mm. It it is, and I, I mean, what I'm starting to see at the minute is quite a few sites around where I am in Lincoln. Is you can see that they bought at, at a higher price than maybe they should have done. They've got out the ground. They might have one finished. They can't sell it, and they're just yeah. sat there. And you're just like. Uh, well, I keep trying to catch them, and sometimes they want to talk to me. Sometimes they lie and tell me they're not the developer. Uh, but I, it's crazy. I think you're completely right. I don't. What I really like about talking to you is that downside protection, uh, where you're really on that. You're really on that. The what if? So what if? What if this happens? What if that happens? What if this happens? But you've got the experience for that as well. What? Um, what would you say then were the biggest lessons on on this deal? I mean, it's going to be difficult for you to – you've got so many lessons which you could share. Yeah, I, I think um, I think the timing. Timing was the big one. Not yeah. being aware of what's going on around you. So particularly if I, if I bring that up today and, and sort of build on what you just said, um, really is, is I've still got people saying that the market's still rising in my area. Yeah, that, that, that may be so. But actually, the underlying numbers in every area, pretty much that we that we we come across, is is the trend is downward. Mm. So it's taking longer to market, which is a big one. Um, that if the, the prices still might be rising, or they might be holding strong, that doesn't mean to say that the market's not softened and tipped. Um, so being aware of what's coming up. Of course, nobody's got a crystal ball. We don't know when there's a recession around the corner or whatever. But we should always go on the basis. Well. There's always the um, the unexpected will always happen if you like. So when we're doing when we're doing um, numbers and offers etc. on land is it's it's always assuming there'll be a softer market. Mm. So if we can't structure a deal with a landowner on the basis that yeah okay we're doing our numbers say even in a strong market 
we're likely to still be doing our numbers at 95% of today's value or the current value. Now, that generally means that if we were competing with anybody else, we're not going to get it. Mm. But we're not generally competing with anybody else because we get direct-to-vendor every, t- every time. Every deal we've ever done is direct-to-vendor. Mm. It doesn't mean to say they don't sometimes come through agents. Hmm. Uh, uh, we've never done a lot through agents to be fair but agents are a massively important part of our industry so um, you know we still we, we still communicate with them we still be, build connections with them and if anything comes from an agent um, we will make sure not only do they get paid their fee we will make sure they get paid more than their standard fee hmm. um, so which we've done with, with, well, we didn't wonder last year year before we paid somebody they were getting 100% um, and for just the introduction, for us to talk to the vendors and then to step away, we paid them another one percent, so doubled their fee just by doing that. Mm. But that's how much it's worth to us, yeah. um, because until the, the 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 strength of any deal for us is in the people, the 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 piece of land, or in that case, that was a building that has to stack up. But actually, how you're gonna how you can structure that deal. And how you can you can structure the time frame, not just the numbers, in order to get the very best for the landowner and building owner, and and get a good profit for yourself. You can't do that for an agent, even the best agents. Sometimes we'll have an agent sitting around the table representing yeah. them, but you know they just go along with it. Really, they're just there for the ride. So that's you know that's not a problem. And we can use their presence. We'll always bring them in. Uh, just to back up what we're saying effectively or put words in their mouth. Um, so, so the lessons really from, from that, you know, from, from my favourite deal um, were um, be careful who you, uh, I think the current term is joint venture with, and now is not the time for me to launch into joint ventures um, other than don't do them. Um, under certain, under most circumstances, okay, uh, I spend too much time unpicking them. Uh, easy to get into, hard to get out of, uh, almost harder in a divorce. Uh, anyway, that's, that's another story. Um, so we work with people, we collaborate with people. So going back to the, the, the favourite deal, I didn't have enough people I was collaborating with. Every single person was, was paid. So every, per, every consultant was just a fee earner. Yeah, which is nothing wrong with that. Well, that's okay. We know where we are. I didn't have enough support. Hmm. I went off on my own from the family business. Yeah, uh, and 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 because I'm a because I'm a male, firstly, and a, and a stubborn male, secondly, which probably goes hand in hand, I suppose. But um, I know best. Didn't reach out. So one of the things I've learned in the last five years, I guess, is. This, this sort of uh, networking thing and all that, it's, it's a messy old business. Uh, however, amongst, the, amongst every hundred people you meet networking, you'll find three, four or five that are really useful to know. Mm. Uh, so, and, you know, so a lot of the stuff I've learned, I've learned more in the last five years from people that know less than me wow. than I did in the first 38 years. Uh, and, and by that, I mean, we've done a bit of training and stuff. We've, we've, we've largely pulled back from that now. That's a messy business as well. Um, you know, we'd rather work with people and, and show them how to, how to not just find the land because, like you said, use landing sites. Great, you can find it. That's relatively easy. And mm. everybody can send letters out. It's the next bit that people can't do. Yeah. Uh, and we didn't really know. Well, actually, we've always been doing it. Not to the scale we're doing it now, mm. but we've always been doing it. and actually. 
we, we knew a bit about it. But I'm learning from the people I'm supporting and consulting with. Mm. I learn, you know, people like yourself. You know, doesn't matter what uh, what the ages are. I can learn something from everybody. You know, it's not there. It's not because I've been doing it. You know, forty four years. I there's I know I know more than most, but that doesn't mean to say I know everything. And and you know, and and, and times move on. That mm. deal that we said about was done in nineteen eighty eight, right? Eighty seven, eighty eight, eighty nine. You know, that's a long time ago. So I take lessons from that and and, and move them forward and update them, if you like. But I do that with up-to-date people that are current, people that are sort of say, well, these are the challenges I've got. So Mm. all of the challenges are the same. Mm. We just have to modernise some of them, I suppose. You know. Anyway, Uh, sorry. Absolutely (laughs) love that. I love the fact that you you pick up that we are in a, a changing a changing world and it's got nothing to do with age and you can learn from whoever you know i i sit in my 30s now and there's people who are like 16 17 who are teaching me things and then people who are in their 50s and 60s teaching me things and loads of people in between and it's just crazy and then i'm picking it up from the the younger people giving it to the older people and it's just absolutely mad um, so I am going to let you go now because I know you're a very busy man. But if people want to get in touch with you, what is the best way for them to do so? Uh, I guess that's probably email, which is richard at yourlandpartner.co.uk. So I'll make sure that there is a link below to that so people will just be able to click that. Richard, you have been an absolute delight. Thank you for coming on. Thank you very much, Ryan. Speak again soon.